Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Alters and Oil to Reloaded. Hello, everybody, and hello to our wonderful editor, Holly, lurking in the background somewhere, I'm assuming. You are correct. You are correct. She is sitting right next to me. We are in a van in a Kmart car park. Sweet. Yes. I am in my living room next to a bucket full of used tissues because I'm a little bit under the weather. That's that's not good. Just a, just a common cold? Uh, yes, I got my negative COVID results uh, yesterday evening at like nine o'clock or something. So it's not COVID. I can go outside and get other people sick with a common cold. <laughs> Is that your, was that your first COVID test? Yep, that was the first one I'd had. Have you had one yet? I have not. How was it? Uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. I was sort of like a little nervous about it because everyone sort of built it up to be this big thing, but it's not that bad. Not that bad? Nah. I mean, it's a little uncomfortable, but yeah, it's not like it's painful or anything. Yeah. It's just a nose swab? Uh, so swab back of the throat and then use the same swab to swab nose. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Although um, dad's uh, doing hotel, he's a police officer working hotel quarantine in Melbourne at the moment. Apparently, they what they're doing is they get tested every day. When they get tested every day, it swabs the back of the throat, and every third one is back of the throat and nose. Okay. At least they're not doing the old, what China's doing, the old anal swabs. Yeah, it's a bit intense. That's, but, oof. Yeah. <laughs> we will have all entrances covered. Everything is under control. The CCCP's got its own OnlyFans. <laughs> Uh, probably. They probably do. Well, I mean, yeah, you got to keep the people entertained somehow, distract them with something. Bread and circuses. Sorry, bread and circuses? Is that, is that, the, is that the one, or circuses and bread? Is that a saying or something? Yeah. I've never heard that before. Yeah, you, you keep the, the general public entertained. With food and general entertainment. Yeah. Keep them entertained or keep them distracted? Both. Speaking of that... uh. You should probably ask our uh, friend, Mr. Murder. Yeah, I think he's been playing that game for a while. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he, he does appear to know what he's doing. That's a good little segue into today's topic, uh, the Murdoch media. Mm. It's your topic this week. Maybe you should uh, introduce it for us. Introduce it. So we're looking into Rupert Murdoch, who is uh, he was an Aussie-born media mogul, but he does also dabble in uh, America and the UK as well. And currently he's getting a bit of attention from the old K-Rud. What else is happening with Rupert? Uh, he's just, you know, being old. Yep. Now, um, I think that's the that's probably the main thing that's drawing his attention at the moment, especially with Mr. K-Rud did a recent address at the National Press Club where he uh, he called Rupert, uh, bear with me one moment. Rah, 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 I'm a bear. What? <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, uh, pretty good. Uh, where is it? Why can't I find the quote I wanted? Ah, there you go. Kevin uh, referred to the Murdoch Media Monopoly, that's his words, as the greatest cancer of all on our democratic institutions. There you go. It's, uh, it's not... A, it's not um... Mincing words? Yeah, mincing words. I was going for pulling punches, but like he's, he's pulling them. He's... Yes, that would also be acceptable. <laughs> Is that the same speech where he holds up the, the papers of the hit pieces on himself? Yep, absolutely. Is so it? he had props for that speech as well. That is a good. Well, I only saw the the props bit, but it seemed like a lot of a lot of fire, a lot of heat, passion coming out of Mister Mister Rudd. As much heat and fire as you get out of him, he's a fairly reserved, sort of calm, calculated man. I think. Yes, definitely loves the old bit of a hit of table tennis as well. Does he? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a. a, a he, he's essentially Chinese, isn't he? I've, yeah, I've, yes, he does speak right. Mandarin. So, speaks Mandarin. He spends so much time over there. He writes books about China, and he likes table tennis as well. Far out. Yep. So those hit pieces you referred to in that speech he mentioned about Murdoch Media. He has viciously campaigned for the Liberal Party and against the Labor Party in nineteen of the last nineteen federal and state elections. It's not a statistical blip. That's what we call a trend. That's what we would call a law. Uh, and not to mention between elections. Murdoch controls 70% of Australia's print media, virtually 100% in Queensland. And Murdoch now has the biggest YouTube channel in the country. So he's referring to Sky News, uh, 
which has 1.5 million subs on YouTube. And let's not forget that Queensland was the deciding factor in the um, the, the last federal election, essentially. So that 100% uh, news outlet ownership in Queensland is a big deal. I can't believe, though, Sky News has the biggest subs on YouTube. For an Australian channel, I think. They've got 1.5 okay. million, but I think some YouTube channels have got over 100 million subs. True. So, But this is just purely Australian, though. I think so. Does that mean like the Aussies just need to lift their YouTube game? Or maybe focus more on Australian content. Maybe. Support green and gold content. There you go. Should we try and just boost friendly Geordies? Is he our like next biggest contender for <laughs> I was I was curious. I had a look at his. I think he had four hundred and sixty two thousand subs, which is pretty good, but I mean Sky News has got three times as many. So we do got to boost friendly Geordies. I think he's the best option, you know, getting a major competing voice against Murdoch Media on YouTube. And he does also, uh, or he has in the past, interviewed Mr. K-Rod, and they do discuss Murdoch's influence on the media. That's a good little YouTube uh, video to watch. It is an hour long, but it is an interview. So, that I mean, that's not YouTube normal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a series of interviews he does. He does one with Bill Shorten, which was interesting. Um, he did one with Michael West of Michael West Media. Yeah, the Kevin Rudd one's good. He's got a little little Warhammer figurine. <laughs> hmm. That's all I took out of it. No. <laughs> Ooh, shiny. Yeah. Ooh, colours. Ooh, he painted that toy. Mm. Uh, now, back onto the old Murdoch Media. So, you, yeah, so they're basically controlling... 100% of the media in Queensland, which I think is a bit scary, especially since you did mention that uh, they had they pulled the federal election, wasn't it? Yeah, the last uh, federal election. Yeah, so that was they were like the, the, the savers. Pretty pretty much, they pulled. They got the Liberal Party over the line, essentially. Hmm. There you go. There you go. Mm. So I know we've spoken a lot about print media and YouTube, so online media. Um, a lot of people might wonder if print media is still relevant, but from a study entitled Media Ownership and Concentration in Australia, which was part of a larger study called Who Owns the World's Media, essentially that study concluded that the most popular online news, news services are associated with traditional media, including daily newspapers and broadcasters. So among the thousands of voices accessible online, very few have the capacity to challenge the influence of traditional media on public opinion. And that study from 2016 also cited Murdoch's daily circulation share at 65% of print media. So it just sort of supports what K. Rudd was saying in terms of the number. 70% is probably accurate. He didn't. I didn't see where he got his number from, but this was in 2016. It was at 65%. And also that traditional print media were the ones who had the information gathering and publication infrastructure in place to most quickly take advantage of the new online formats that we see a lot today. So a lot of people might wonder the relevance of print media. Uh, I think it's still relevant in that print media is associated with or aligned with the major online publications or the major online publications are the same as the print media. Okay, yeah, so that makes sense. So, But it also can lead to that place. I mean, if you've got you're somewhere and you see something in the paper, you're probably going to go to their website or site to track it down as well. So it, it just adds extra eyes for what, whatever you're selling or, or spinning or putting out there. I think also that newspapers still have that real air of credibility about them. Anyone can jump online and write a a web page or a blog or whatever. I think newspapers still have that sort of credible sort of uh, source material vibe about them. Yeah, that, that's true. I remember once uh, a conversation my uncle Robin had with his father, who's his father's in like his 80s or 90s. So he's with his father. Yes, his father. He said, I think they were talking about something from who? The World Health Organization. Not who magazine. No, not who magazine and, and not the band either, the who. Uh, so what had happened was his father was just dismissive of what they were saying in relation to some sort of illness or bacteria or disease. He's just like, nah, 
Nah, all these crackpots on the internet. Anyone could have written that report. Anyone could put anything they want on the internet sort of thing. It was just completely dismissive of it because it was coming from a computer screen. <laughs> even though it was from the World Health Organization. Yeah. So even though it's from a credible source, uh, the he was still just like, nah, internet could be anyone. Don't trust it. Not credible according to Trump. But was this maybe this was the views that people had not credible according to Trump. Sorry. I was gonna say maybe this is the views people had when print first came out. Nah, nah, anyone can write that. Nah. Well, I'm sure as you and maybe some of the other uh, some of the viewers know, I have been reading manufacturing consent for a long time because I forgot about it and then had to restart <laughs> it. And uh Chomsky in that outlines sort of the origins of printing press media and what it was originally used for, um, or, or and you know who the original owners were, and its transition from being a, a legitimate sort of source of, well, not a legitimate source of news, publications with clear agendas that they had, and transitioning slowly to being more of an advertising medium to the state to the point a, a newspaper had to get its circulation so high to pay for itself that they became unviable without advertising. And obviously those newspapers that were at the time very pro-labor pro and unions and workers' rights and change, the advertisers didn't support those because they were contrary to their agendas, which is where we've sort of got the newspaper or media system where we've got today where a newspaper only wants circulation and viewership not to pay for itself because that won't pay for itself, but it's to make itself more attractive to advertisers. So a newspaper, but at the same time, a newspaper's got to put forward that advertiser's agenda or not be too contrary to their agenda. Okay. So what you're saying is the newspapers want, they're not really going to make money from the circulation, but having the high circulation number is what makes them, I'm not tempting. Uh, appealing. Appealing, thank you. Make them appealing to these advertisers. And that's where the big bucks comes in. Exactly. And print media or newspapers are essentially a news source second. Their primary function nowadays is to make money through advertising. Mm. And with that making money thing, that's what Kevin Rudd, K. Rudd, says a lot about Murdoch is he's not he's running a lot of these printing presses at a loss and it's just for the, the power and the, the status. That's why he's doing it. Unlimited power. <laughs> it just reminds me of when he's in the, the, Imps, the, Impsons, the Simpsons episode. That's a fairly new one, I think, where he pops up or is, he in a, or is he in a few? I think it's probably new by our standards in that it's like season 15 or something, but it's not yeah. really new according to, you know, how, how time works, how it keeps just marching on. <laughs> I'm Rupert Murdoch, the True. billionaire tyrant. And it doesn't he, and then what, he gets the, the puff of smoke police officers or whatever. Yeah, the old is. English bobbies. Right? Oi, 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 yeah. oi. <laughs> yeah. I wonder who they got to do the voice. Which one's Murdoch. that? Uh, where they try to get to the Super Bowl. And then they just take Steely's booth. Yeah, their, their tickets right? turn out to be fake, so they can't get in. So they sneak into the stadium and they make it into his his uh, private box. And then he shows up and he kicks them out or puts them in Super Bowl jail or stadium jail. I see, I see. Yeah, you're right. That isn't for some reason. I thought it was more, more new. And the side plot yeah. for that one for Lisa and Marge is the um the little egg. Guys, you know, they they decorate little eggs, and they are missing some pieces that they yes, call up. Yes, the Vincent yep. Price. <laughs> Vincent Price. <laughs> yes. Hello. If you're recalling about the missing parts, please contact my cousin or whoever it is. And he shows up at the end to take the football commenters away on the bus. <laughs> no, it's not a great episode. No, it's not. It's not. That doesn't not, mean I don't remember every bit of it. <laughs> I remember when you were watching The Simpsons, 6 o'clock every night, Channel 10, didn't matter what episode it was, new one or not, you'd be like, oh, what episode's this? And then it would start playing, you'd just be like, oh, yeah, this is a great one, and you just watch the whole thing. Or you'd be like, oh, this is a fairly okay one. You still just watch the whole thing anyway. Oh, uh, well, this is an old episode. I didn't say turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say stop. 
Yeah. So what you were saying about a lot of the newspapers operating at a loss, like I said, it's, well, I suppose the state that Murdoch Media is at, that they've trans, what's the word I'm looking for where they go above, they've transcended being just a newspaper or relying on advertising money for newspapers because they're really what he's trying to do is influence the way Australian policies play out or the, the way our society functions. So he's serving his own and close business associate agendas. So like one example of that is, uh, which you I think you did a little bit of looking into, is the NBN, how he was a big influence mm. on the NBN, how it was constructed and essentially how it was just, you know, st- stuck together with sticky tape and copper wiring instead of, you know, doing a good job of it because he owns Foxtel and he didn't want to have something in place, infrastructure in place that would support streaming services. Yeah. So, and I'm not sure, it's from what I understand is he's, has he just done this to slow down the services or the ability to have those streaming services just so Foxtel or other, or presses that he owns can catch up to transition to be streamable? I really think that's what it is because, you know, you see how they're doing a lot of advertising for KO, which is owned by Foxtel. Mm -hmm. They're doing a streaming service now. And also at the same time, we're seeing a bit of stuff come out in the media about how it's time to upgrade the NBN and they're looking at um, restoring it to what it should have been originally. So he's, like you said, he's just bought himself and his interest some time to get to that stage where they're not going to lose a huge market share to these streaming services. They want to keep that market share if they can. Yeah, that make, and that makes sense, I guess. Hmm. In addition to these things, so that's one area, the entertainment thing, that's closely really related to what he does anyway. So entertainment from Foxhell, but also Fox Studios, so involved in movie production, movie making, uh, as well as Fox News, blah, blah, blah. He diversifies a little bit from that too in that, He's the major shareholder of the REA group, so realestate.com.au, flatmates.com.au, etc. So he's got a really big stake in the real estate market. He owns two betting sites as well. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down there, Poindexter. On an opportunity to throw back to the elusive real estate episode. (laughs) (laughs) Once a week, we got to do a throwback to the real estate episode. I, I think we missed it last week. No, we didn't. Surely we didn't. I think we what did. What was the topic last week? No, we didn't. I've been informed by the editor we we didn't miss it. Why can't I remember the topic last week? Because uh, colds turned my brain to mush. Republic. Ah, the Republic. Hey, that's two Palpatine references in there. So we're getting Star Wars references in there a lot, aren't we? <laughs> we are a little bit. Did you see the title for last week's The Galactic Republic. Yeah. I know. I like that. Oh, the Galactic, uh, I mean Australian <laughs> Republic. Yeah, he's also a major stakeholder in the Brisbane Broncos. So this is just information that I got off their their website as well. Here's the website? I don't know. Or is this- oh, the News, the news Corp website. Oh, okay. I don't know what his stake in other businesses is. So what stakes he has in the mining or fossil fuel industry, in tech, things like that. Um, so those are just the ones that they're happy to show on that website. Okay. So yeah, so what else is there behind behind the curtain? I mean, we we all know he's very sort of anti climate change uh, and pro sort of the fossil fuel industry, or has historically been that way. I don't know why that is though. I haven't really had time to look at what stake he has in those industries. True, and then it, it's kind of like why why is he doing it? I'm finding it very hard to to relate, if that makes sense. Is it just a power thing? Is it like an addiction thing? Is he too old? I think credit credit to him. I think he's just built differently to the rest of us. He's just very driven in what he's trying to do and he's not willing to quit while he's ahead. I mean, it's it's awful for, for us, but I mean, for him, I think it's just the way he's built. He's accumulated all this power and he just wants to have a lasting impact on the world or his legacy even because he's not long for this world. I mean, he's old. He looks really old and frail, but he's not slowing down. It seems. Okay, and then the other, the only other thing I can think of is perhaps he doesn't know what else to do or how to do anything else. Maybe, but I mean, like with the amount of money he's got, he could do whatever he wanted. He could 
have a crack at anything else he wanted. He doesn't necessarily have to do anything. Or anything he does do, if he fails, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe he's just scared of failure. He's like, I'm Maybe- good at this and I haven't failed. I'll just keep doing it. I might be trying to really build an um, empire for his children as he can. Possibly. He has to have a few children. Six. Six. Six so children. One, two, three. Six children. Yeah. That's a lot of kids. Yeah. Only four of their names are listed on the... If we just go to his wiki, you got Prudence, Elizabeth, Lachlan, and James. Scott Morrison Murdoch. Scott Morrison Murdoch? What? Wouldn't that be wild <laughs> if it turned out ScoMo was one of his... Illegitimate kids. <laughs> well, he has has six spouses, so. Well, I mean, when you're worth around. that much money, you got to you know keep yourself busy. Like yeah. six spouses. Jeez, I didn't realize he'd had that many. Yeah, Patricia, Anna, Wendy, and Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, American. Oh, okay. It's like one of those Stacys, you know. I or Y? Is it spelled with an I or a Y? That's a Y. She sounds garbage. She doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> Well, she's a, a model and actress. Of course she is. <laughs> From Texas. I'm assuming, I'm assuming not a very good one, though, if she had to marry him. Well, her previous partners were Mick Jagger. Again, like that, he's old as fuck. Yeah, but this was in uh, 1990. When he was still old as fuck. How do we get here? <laughs> I don't know, just, just the way the world works. All the way over to Mick Jagger now. Yeah, he's old as fuck. There's a lot to talk about with him. He's lived a long life. Anyway, back to Murdoch influence. So we've talked about how he's using News Corp or his media influence, his media control, his media dominance, his media monopoly, whatever you want to say, to push his own agenda. I don't know if I mentioned about the last 19 state and federal elections. Have I mentioned that? Yeah, you did. He's got that much influence that he's got a lot of say over what any government in uh, in power does because, one, for the Liberals, it's a matter of staying in power for the, for the long term and him being the real power broker there, controlling you know their ability to stay in power. And even for Labor, when they get in, they don't, have a, they don't usually have a lot of time to be in power and make the changes that they want to change and do mm. the things that they want to do. So... They, even they try and stay on Murdoch's good side because the longer they're in, the more good they can do. But they need to balance that with if we do too much that's against his interests, we're not going to be in longer than a term maybe. Because then you'll start running the hit pieces and things like that. So- yeah, exactly. And that sort of shows up, I've found, in the way the government manages its media. So it's almost like a two-pronged attack where Murdoch's got this massive media control, but then he's also forcing an assault on the ABC or the, the our national uh, state-owned media. So this is taken from uh, Kevin Rudd's address to the National Press Club as well. So uh, the coalition has cut $783 million from the ABC. Its real budget is now smaller than it was in 1996. News and current affairs often shoulder the burden, reducing scrutiny of government. Extraordinary political pressure has been applied to individual programs such as Four Corners over its coverage of sexual harassment in politics. And Morrison continues to ignore the independent nomination process for ABC board members that my government introduced through legislation. So whether that's Murdoch putting pressure on the ABC through the government or the government deciding we've got Murdoch on side, ABC is something that we've got real direct control over. We've got to force them on our side. Yeah, you can't rely on state-owned media and then on the other hand you've got this massive media monopoly that's serving its own purpose Mm. and then i've also seen with the abc thing that or if they're very hesitant to be critical of especially the liberals because then they they get cut as well do you remember the glass house uh the name is familiar it was a sort of satire show on the abc so it was cut in 2006. Excuse me, I'm going to put my mic on mute so I can sneeze and blow my nose. Do, 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 do. Ah, Miss Guzzi, Miss Guzzi. <laughs> so the glass house was seemingly cut 
at the height of its popularity. So I remember watching it as a kid. It was super critical of the government and the opposition at the same time. It was very funny. They used to do recurring segments about, they always used to have a go at, I think it was Amanda Vanstone. They used to have a go at her weight all the time and fuck, they were funny about it. <laughs> they had recurring segments about uh, John Howard, George Bush. Anyway, so Corrine Grant, Will Anderson and Dave Hughes hosted it. Mm-hmm. And this is a from a ABC article uh, in a statement from Corrine Grant. Only the ABC would cancel a show that is at the height of its rating success and say it is time to move on. That would be like Pat Cash winning Wimbledon and going, oh, it's time to move on, she said. she just We just won an AFI award. We're nominated for another one. We just got nominated this year for the most popular light entertainment program for the first time in the Logies. Why would you cancel a show when it's at the height of its popularity? Grant says suggestions that the show may have been axed because of regular segments poking fun at Prime Minister John Howard or US President George W. Bush are speculative. If that was the case, and certainly ABC have not said that at all, but if that was the case, that would be extremely concerning, she said. So that was back in 2006. Hmm. 2000. That's a while ago then. That's what? Oh, so long ago. 15, 16 years ago then? Yeah, 15 years ago. And it's like Rudd was saying, the budget for the ABC now is essentially what it was in 1996. So 25 years. So essentially wiped off 25 years of inflation for the ABC. For the ABC. And then then again, that adds to the, I guess that adds to Rupert's power, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, if the overall, uh, what's called production power of the ABC and also not just the production power, how much they can produce and report on, but their willingness to report on certain things is reduced. So their scope of topics is reduced. Murdoch's got an even greater share. There you go. There you go. If the ABC is too scared to be critical of the Liberal government because of this. Too scared slash may not have the resources to do it. I'm just trying to work it out. And then you've got SBS as well, don't you? Yes. So what's the difference between those two? I think the SBS is more of an international um, organisation. They do a lot of international news, report or broadcast a lot of international news from different sources. Okay. So that's they don't get too much funding then from us as well? I'm not sure how their funding works. Okay. Like the ABC is our primary state-owned news source, but the SBS is also state-owned, uh, I believe. But I suppose it might be more targeted towards uh, the international community within Australia. Because mm. I was just going to say, does a similar thing happen to them as well if they do any, if they did shenanigans like the Glasshouse, for example? I see no reason why it wouldn't be any different. Do you know what it stands for? Uh, what State-based service? Uh, so many acronyms. State-based stake. <laughs> Australian Broadcast Channel. Is that ABC? Salty bitch schedule. Uh, well, the, sorry, ABC or SBS? Uh, both. The, so ABC is Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Oh, okay. SBS, what does SBS do? What does SBS stand for? Stooge. Special Broadcasting Service. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so Special Broadcasting Service. Because I, cause I'm just trying to think, they're the public ones, yeah? And then you've got all the private 7, 10... Nine. Nine. <laughs> so there's another one in there. I'm sure it's a number. Yeah. So those are all private. And is Mur- Murdoch affiliated with them as well? So he's not affiliated with any TV, or he doesn't have a major stake in any TV channels, I think. Okay. Um, he His empire is mainly, well, was mainly press, but then he's gone on to control, you know, own Foxtel and from that, Sky News. So he's got his own sort of TV channels that are, again, private channels. Yeah. And he also doesn't even live here, does he? No, I think he's based full-time in the US, and I do believe he renounced his Australian citizenship at one point too. Was there just like a take back? What do you mean? You said at one point he's renounced it, but he still does he still have it? I do not believe so, but I don't know. I haven't checked. So he's not even an Australian citizen and he still has all this power and influence. That sounds pretty crap to me. Well, it's not just here. He's got a lot of power and influence in the UK and the US. 
Yeah. So he's got a lot of power and influence in a few uh, Western English-speaking democracies. Okay, but then again, but he's not even an Australian citizen and he's still allowed to be running and doing these sort of things. Shouldn't there be like he can only have a certain percentage or something? Well, I suppose that's the question that Mr. Rudd wants answered in this Royal Commission. How much impact does he have on our democratic institutions and democratic process and what should that be limited to if it's too much and how should that be done? Okay. You know, what What do you think? Well, for example, so he's got the 100% ownership in Queensland. That needs to definitely be broken up. As to how you break it up, I'm not really sure. Do you just sell things off? Well, I mean, who's going who's gonna to buy it? If, like you said, a lot of these things are operating at a loss, loss yeah. but it's only beneficial to him because he's got other business interests, who's going to buy it? Yeah, so does that just mean he shuts it down and those people lose their jobs? Or do, you, do we do like a government takeover? They have to, the government has to own a certain percentage of printing presses that are running in a state, for example. But then I suppose, is that not just robbing Peter to pay Paul? Wheeler? All right, we're taking some of this media influence out of Murdoch's hands, but we're going to put it back into the government's hands? I don't know, but can you make it like a public sort of? Like I'm essentially trying to make the ABC. Yeah, that's yeah. essentially what I'm trying to do with printing. All right, <laughs> give but me a I break. Think, so, say you've got two sides. One of them has you know seventy percent control. The other one has thirty percent control. Essentially, what you're doing, and say those two sides are working together to control society. If mm. you're taking twenty percent away from one side and giving it to the other. You've still got the same hundred percent, but it's just it's divided fifty percent between those two. Does that right. make sense? Is that a good example? That is a good example. What we will do though is we will make our own printing press. We have blackjack and hookers. <laughs> We're whalers on the moon. We carry a harpoon. I can't remember how uh, the rest of it goes. Brilliant. Well, that's just about that's ruined my voice, that one for some reason. Oof. Is that do you want to want to mute yourself? Go get a gargle some salt water. Well, I mean, I think I've got it. I think my smooth, sexy voice is the only thing that's carrying me on this pod. Now nah, I'm fine. Let's keep going. <coughs> yeah, could you? Could we do that? Just take I don't know twenty percent of the power away and start our own little new printing press that runs at a loss, but you know keeps the jobs and things. Well. I don't know. It's a very good question that requires a lot of thought because it is it is a problem, especially within Australia. I don't know if I mentioned this, but from that um, survey or that study, uh, who owns the world's media, uh, what it found was that Australia ranks third in media ownership concentration. So the only two countries that are ahead of us in media ownership concentration are Egypt and China. So China, we all know pretty much everything there is controlled by the CCCP. It's state-owned media. Egypt, fairly similar in that the government, opposition parties, other political parties are the ones who own and control the media over there. So the only two countries ahead of us don't have, don't really have free media. Mm. And I don't think that we would necessarily have free media as well because it's controlled by individuals or families or the government and they're all, and those individuals, families are serving their own agenda. And also, all those ones not included in that bubble are essentially controlled by advertisers. You know, Chomsky cites a lot of examples in manufacturing consent where some production companies, et cetera, et cetera, weren't able to produce certain documentaries or lost advertisers after producing certain documentaries and cost them a lot of money and they decided never to do it again because once they reported on something that advertiser blacklisted them and would never go back to them and not just that advertiser but people within that industry if you were to do a documentary on nestle about where they source cocoa beans from the impact it has on the environment destroying habitats blah 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 they wouldn't uh, advertise with you anymore and nestle is a massive massive company and they would have huge amounts of advertising dollars to spend so i don't think it's necessarily 
one person owning too much media is a problem. I think it's more the way media is structured and how media gets paid. It's always some someone is paying them to push their agenda. Their agenda might be something very simple like chocolate is good, buy chocolate. <laughs> or it might be something very sinister like a carbon tax is going to be bad for Australia. Yeah, f- fair enough. Yeah, I can see I can see the points there. And, and uh, you brought up, well, you made my mind travel to like a similar situation or a similar thing that happens with research coca-cola might pay someone for example to research the effects of coca-cola and if they don't like the way you write or publish the results they're like well you need to rewrite that or we're gonna you know not pay you or we'll blacklist you so we we won't use your organization for research again it's very had a very similar taste or feel to it so there are some examples of businesses doing that sort of thing but setting up their own research facilities, mm. their own think tanks. So they own that research. So if it's not favorable, well, we own it. We're not going to release it. Or we own it. Rewrite that so it looks good for us. Yeah. Or no, we don't want you to research that particular area. Research this area or do something in this area. And then if they get good things or the results they want, then they will release them. But it will be like under their own... It's just their own results. We researched this and we found out we're really good. Yeah. It's like that pillow company, the one that has a, we're rated the best pillow in, I think I've brought this up before as well, in Australia or the world or whatever. But the company that researches them is owned by them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think Murdoch's bad. Obviously, I think his monopoly is bad and needs to be broken up. But I think the larger problem in my eyes is who's controlling the agenda of a lot of these news corporations because who's paying or keeping a lot of them afloat. It's advertisers pushing their own agenda for uh, whatever it may be. So we just it's more we need to look into who's putting the money into these corporations. Exactly. So who is, who is funding these corporations? Uh, news outlets should we be doing something like there's a cap on how much funding can be provided from any one person to media and does the government have to match that or i mean i don't know if that would necessarily work i think you'd see a lot of news media closing down and then we're just sort of concentrating our monopoly or the monopoly of some people even more where murdoch for example operating a loss where he's fine to lose on newspapers and things because he'll just subsidize it with other parts of his business Mm -hmm. so it's it's not an easy question how do you control or how do you ensure the credibility and legitimacy of reporting within the news and is this what the royal commission would look into would it go down that sort of way i think it's more looking at monopoly of certain powerful individuals um, Mm -hmm. who've got a clear concise direction or agenda that they want to push and less about corporations each trying to pull and tug and push newspapers in different directions. I think something like Murdoch, who's got one clear direction is more dangerous than a newspaper being influenced by a hundred outside sources. It's like um, Robert Baratheon in Game of Thrones, you know, which, which number's bigger, one or five? And five is five fingers on his hand. One is his one fist. Which one's bigger? Which one's more dangerous? Mm. But I think it might it could be a launching off point for that discussion. Okay, okay. Because so I was just it got me thinking. So if we've got Kevin Rudd running this royal commission into the Murdoch media, and he's got the five, half a moon signatures that he needs. So mm-hmm. this is a recap. Um, I don't think we covered it in this. In this section, did we? Oh no, we haven't spoken about his royal commission. We we tried to do a earlier recording today, but we had technical difficulties, so it's a little bit hard to remember which bits in which. You know why we had technical difficulties? Yes, because I was in the bush. <laughs> no, that's not your fault. We had technical difficulties because the NBN shit. Damn you, Murdoch! Uh... Damn you, <laughs> Kevin Rudd has run a royal commission into the Murdoch media. He wanted half a million signatures. He has got them. 
that's where he's up to in that process. I'm guessing he's submitted these signatures to a court system? Would it go to? Okay, so I think I'm just doing some research here. Uh, and it looks like, uh, I believe, that he got the signatures, he submitted it, but the government has tabled it or said, no, we're not going to move uh, ahead with that. So it, it became the uh, the parliamentary petition with the most recorded signatures in Australian history. How can the government not say they're going to move forward with it if it's the most recorded one in history? Well, that's, yeah, that's pretty damning in and of itself. But I think that's why he's gone down the Senate inquiry path as well. Okay, so he's... He's still gone in with both barrels, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the, the government's not recognised that they're not going to do it, so he's going down other avenues. So then he's taken it to the Senate. I am the Senate. Well, yeah, that doesn't really work. If Murdoch is the Senate or whatever, then it's <laughs> no. going to get the same result, maybe. <laughs> that's what's that's what's happening to K-Rudd right now. Is, is, he, is he like Mace Windu or...? K-Rudd, Mace Windu? Uh... Yeah, he's pretty cool. I'd say he's Mace Window. Or is he... I don't know, maybe K Rudd's like Qui-Gon. He's like on the outer of the, the Jedi Council. But he's still working mm, for the greater good maybe. of the force. Do you like that photo I sent you? Yeah. You have got real <laughs> Qui-Gon vibes going at the moment. <laughs> I even I even changed the name. It was Qui-Gon Jim. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah. Just uh that's a little little secret joke. That's our joke. The listeners have to work out. That's our joke. That's mine. You can't have it. I'm I'm getting ha- I'm getting hassled as well by who? Our our listeners. Where are you getting all these comments from? Where are this, you seeing this stuff? No, this is just individuals sending me text messages saying, "Oh, I voted for Murdoch. Get research." And just whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> did you do any research? A little bit. Uh, okay, yeah, so bit. the whip doesn't really work with you. No, no. I'll get there. Uh, yeah, so he's he got the most signatures we've ever had on this sort of position before and the government said, no, we're not doing it. So now he's going down the Senate inquiry path. I don't know where it is from there. I okay. think I might do a little research on that and maybe post that on Twitter, an update of what's happening. Or you can check out his website or his Twitter handle. The K-Rod's active on the Twitter, isn't he? Yeah, he's real active. Pretty, pretty got a lot of time it. at the moment. Yeah, Just in between table tennis shots. Just does a tweet. Yeah, how do you like that? I think, I don't know, maybe he doesn't play table tennis. I definitely know he plays down ball. Uh, did you play, are you going to tell the story about how you played down ball with him or something? No, no, I just shook his hand. Oh, good man. Yeah, just shook his hand. Soft handshake. But I guess he was shaking 5,000 hands that day, so that's what you So get. you'd expect some, like, calluses or, you know, some blisters nah, on your hands. it was right? the other way. It was it was jelly. Jelly on just, up. Like- just being crushed. He's like, no, that's my, that's my good backhand hand. <laughs> He's got a mad skim shot on him. <laughs> uh, so I don't know where else that could go for Murdoch. We've got Royal Commission happening. A is he American citizen now? I believe so. American citizen that controls a lot of the press in Australia. What if the press just collapses? Like we just get rid of it all. No more print. Save the trees. Well, I think like that paper, media ownership and concentration in Australia, said it doesn't really matter because those press news outlets are the ones that had the infrastructure in place to you know, transition as effectively as they could to the digital uh, news outlet format. So even if we would get rid of all printing press, they're still there. They're they're, still... So all we're doing really is removing the you know, or cutting jobs for people who are responsible for the physical papers being produced. We're not, we're not really reducing the content. Printing press pension and you get a certain amount of money to while you look for a new job, I don't know. I mean, it's not going to impact Murdoch being able to push his agenda because he's still got those digital outlets to push his agenda on. Okay. The same people are going to be writing stories. It's just maybe those rural ones that don't have an online format uh, would be out of business. The people who do the printing for all his major papers are going to lose jobs, but his message is still going to get out there because like that study said, the growth in new media is clearly there, but it's being done by the traditional print media owners. Ah, uh, so damn it. That's just not good. No, nah, 
That's not good. What do we do? Do we just make our own podcasts and hope people listen to them instead? I mean, have you... They, God damn it, I'm going to reference a Simpsons episode again. <laughs> <laughs> There's an episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns buys up all the media in Springfield and he's pushing his agenda through that. So Lisa sets up her own little mm. newspaper and she tries her hardest to sort of fight the massive corporations that the massive corporation that Burns has built and she can't do it in the end. In the end, she, she gives up and she prints one last edition of her paper. And the next day, everyone's doing their own paper, like the, the Lenny Times and the comic book guy daily, shit like that. Yes, I remember that one. So I think the message that they're trying to push there is diversity of media in general. Obviously, they're doing a little bit of hyperbole there with everyone doing their own newspaper, but diversity of media is a very important thing. The way a monopoly works is that kills diversity of diversity within an industry if there's no room for anyone else to make any money and thereby sustain their business. And at this stage, if that's the way a monopoly is, only rich and powerful businesses, individuals are going to be able to set up new news outlets because they can absorb a loss, which is what a news outlet runs at when you disregard advertising. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty depressing. Uh, uh, can we, like, I think it's wrap it up time soon. Can we finish on like a positive note? Like, I don't know, how good are puppies? Well, I think, look, I'll just say one last thing. I think <laughs> that we need, to, we need to regulate advertising within news to reduce their influence in the direction, the amount of say they have in the direction of where news goes. Okay. So I know Murdoch operates at a loss with a lot of his papers. I wonder how much of a loss he can take if you were to take advertising out of that as well. Is that a loss he can sustain? I don't know. Then is the problem just jumping, like you said? Then, Or does the advertising does the advertising not only affect printing but also online as well? Advertising would affect online as well. Okay, so just all advertising in general. Yeah, advertising or donations from corporations to news outlets – I think that's where we need to do regulation. I think that's where we need to make changes, not necessarily one person owning a lot of media. I think that's also important, mm -hmm. but I think in the long run, I think we've got to regulate advertising and media itself. So it's not just a matter of who owns it, but who's paying for it and pushing it in a direction. Okay. How do we do that? It's a good question. Do we just like write to our local members? Damn, baby, I don't know shit. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, just a guy on a couch. Like, what do you want from me? You're just the ideas man. I, I look. I'll, you know, go do this, go do that, or I'll. No, actually, I won't. I won't say go do this, go do that. <laughs> I'll give you an overarching theme, and everyone else can figure it out themselves. All right. No, that's fair. That's fair. Just sort of more personal note. How are the plants going? Fucking killing it. Killing They're it? Absolutely killing it. Nice. No, no pests or invaders. Uh, aphids, aphids, aphids. So aphids, they're cooked. They're oh. gone. Oh, there's a couple of like the basil outside's got them on there, but I mean it's getting into winter. That's all going to die back anyway. So I'm not too fussed about that. Aphids, done for. Spider mites, they're all gone. Everyone's ah, really yeah, good. the spider mite. Good old pyrethrum. Oh my god, it's so good for indoor houseplants. Don't use pyrethrum outside though, because it's. It kills all your beneficial insects too, but inside indoor houseplants, ah, oh, it's amazing because you don't have to worry about the ecosystem around it. Oh, that's cool. See, we get some some little little personal little facts in there. What about uh, what about you? How's the show prep going? The show prep is going pretty well. No venue as of yet, but a few locations sorted. Hey, so, well, you mean as in different towns to do it in, or no, like in this town in Portland. So in Portland, there's a few places I've scoped out. I don't know where the time goes. I'm like, I'll do this, this, and this today, and then the day's over. Wasn't the original thought for your shows to get into a town and you've got 24 hours to plan it and get it going? Yeah, sort of thing. That's too intense. Yeah, that's, too, that's a bit much. Too far, far too intense. And I was getting all these messages or signs from the universe just like, slow down, chill out. Relax. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Take it easy, buddy. Yeah. So I think that's nice. I just go slow pace. Just put your feet up. Have a nice cold beer, man. And try and get everything sorted. But I mean, the thing is, I'm doing all the production of it as well. So I'm designing all the posters. I've got to get then got to go to all the shops and get them sorted. And it's just all these little jobs. 
that are just eating into my time. But then I've got to also correspond with like my sponsor and then my accountant. And it's just go, 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 go. But it's fun. It's good. So there you go. God, that sounded like a a breakup sort of. And that's why I can't do the pod anymore. (laughs) No, add the pod. Add the pod. It's all. That's why I don't have time for research. (coughs) Well, that's all right. I'll do the research for both of us. That's fine. That's just fine. need your opinion on things and your Star Wars and Simpsons references, that's and that's it. you carrying your weight. That's it. And then I'll, I'll, you know, 10 minutes before we go to record, I'll just quickly Google Rupert Murdoch or whoever. We're... Just 10 minutes before we record. Hey, what, what was the topic this week again? No, 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 no. We don't need to reschedule. I got it. It's fine. No, no. It's all good. <laughs> okay, so... Next week, what are we going to look into? Uh, what was the, one of the topics that I was thinking of? So I wanted to maybe put this to a vote again. Uh, farming mm-hmm. yep. within uh, Australia, uh, where the agriculture industry is. I was watching a documentary series last night on Netflix. What was it called? I think it was called Food or something like that. Uh, I wanted... is, that the, is that the full title, Food or something like that? Or is, no, I think it was Food. Remember. But I just can't remember. I think it was food. I'm, don't go quoting me on that. And it was it had an interesting uh, sort of segment there about the role of processed food and what that's doing to people's health, like food additives, sugar, fats, things like that. So food health could be one thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so farming, food health, always internet privacy, which no one appears to care I about. I don't really care about internet me. privacy either, but we'll put it up there. <laughs> Uh, and one more. We always have four, don't we? Yes. And we, we covered the dogs one. You you covered that in They're one all good, swift yeah. sentence. Yep. Bang. Done. Uh, uh, we'll think of another one. We always we always struggle for this. Just last one. What about like supermarket monopolies or just monopolies in general? Yeah, we could do... Like company monopolies. Because there have been periods in history, I think, over in the States where monopolies have been broken up. So we could com- we could look at those and compare them to like how it could be done today, maybe. All right, my computer is about to die, so let's uh, let's get the little sign offs happening. See you, suckers. Thank you for your time today, Oyalt. And as always, everyone stay safe and stay informed. <laughs>